and hack. All right. Welcome to the United States Department of Nerds. Uh, we are here for the people, by the people, and of the people. Here at USDM, we strive to bring you the best content we can find and where you know it comes from, <clears throat> and where you know it comes with the USDN seal of approval. We always strive to give you factual data. And if it's a rumor, we will always say rumor, we'll preface it, we'll give you that alert. Um, also, being that this is a little bit different tonight, we'll also give you the spoiler. When does the spoiler need alert? Um, tonight, there will be spoilers um, on this special uh, edition here. Um, however, once those rumors are proven to be true, you can bet your money that at USDN, we are slamming the stamp down and giving it the USDN seal of approval. And let's roll this beautiful bean footage, buddy. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. I have scoured the intro webs, made a couple of contacts, called in a couple of favors, and I have a very special guest joining us tonight. Me and EJ. You may know him. We all love him. If there's anybody that knows Star Wars, it's going to be the special guest I am bringing on. He is very. Very, he, he could be mistaken for a Mace Windu lookalike. He says motherfucker more than Samuel L. Jackson. I've heard that. So prepare your ears for the sweet tones of Mr. Rob <laughs> Gibbons. What up, what up? Gibbs in the house. So yo, yo. So so glad to be here with right. the uh, USDN. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you, sir. It is an honor and a privilege to have you on with us tonight. And as tradition here at USDN, by way of tradition of DFPN, it's time for the shot. And tonight we are going to dedicate this shot to the one Ray Stevenson who played Baitlin Skull here. In Ahsoka that or Ahsoka that we are talking about tonight. So EJ, what you drinking on tonight? EJ, you uh, I'm having just a little bit of a soda tonight with a yeah, on and off, and I'll have some maybe some uh, different rums, but that's my go-to for now. What about you, Rob? Rob, what, what you, you got? 
right here. This might look like Star Starbucks, but it's actually Crown Royal and apple juice. Crown and apple. That's a combination for your stomach Ray. right there. Some coffee in my cup. There we go. Cheers, fellas. Salute. Cheers. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to present to you a lot of information tonight. And this is all our opinions and not the opinions of Disney and Star Wars. And one by Dave Felonius, as Mr. Gibbs would like to say. So we're not going to go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes with you. We're going to give some Easter eggs. We're going to give you some of what we noticed. Some of what we've seen out of episodes one and two of Ahsoka. Um... But if you do want some more in-depth details, I highly recommend you scroll back through USDN. You're going to find this beautiful um, meme, I guess it is, that I shared. That It's kind of like a, a watch it before you watch it to prepare you for Ahsoka. And I mean, I've watched all of them already, probably twice. So I was, I was hyped and I was ready for this. So let me give you a little backstory on where Ahsoka is. Is coming from and kind of like where we're at in the Star Wars timeline. So after the fall yeah, of the Galactic be, Empire, yeah. the former Jedi Knight, Ahsoka Tano, investigates an emerging threat to a vulnerable galaxy. That's kind of what they give us to work off here. They didn't give us a whole lot. Rob, you want to fill us in a little bit more on kind of where we're at in between what movies and what TV series we are here? So this is uh, a yeah. it, it's set just a couple of years after Return of the Jedi, and uh, you got some things going on. The the that's the closest movie wise because you got Return of the Jedi, and then you've got you know the uh, Force Awakens, which is twenty something years down the road. Yep. Um, this series is going to pick up exactly right after the mandalorian um season two and um uh that one that i hated um the boba one with the guy who used to be boba fett in there uh it's gonna pick up right after that okay and, you know and it kind of ties into rebels as well so uh, that that's my next point I wanted to bring up is that Dave Filoni is considering this a sequel to Rebels. Because if you watch episode one of Ahsoka and you watch the very last episode of Rebels, it pits up right where it leaves off. And there's there's been a bunch of things out there going on like side by side of how it looks in the TV show and how it looks on the animated Rebels. And it's it's amazing. At least in my eyes, as a, a fan yeah, of, I think I tried to share some of that. So, yeah, there's a couple of, um, you know, her 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 cloak and robes are different colors. Yep. But in Rebels at that last season, and yeah, I watched Rebels. I know oh, I complain about it, but I do watch dude, Rebels. I'm a big fan of Rebels. I enjoyed it. It was. It That's was just high. me. I'm a. I'm a <laughs> I'm a nerd's nerd, my friend. I am a nerd's nerd too. I watch all sorts of stuff, even though I hate it. But uh, 
and and I didn't hate Rebels. Let's let's get it that way. Um, it was good, but I hated that I liked it. But at that last <laughs> episode, when you saw Ahsoka go up there and she's staring at the mural, and you know she's going to go see Sabine, which leads into episode one of Ahsoka. There's not an accounting for how many years have passed. That was my my chief complaint. I think we had this discussion offline in Messenger one day about this exact thing. So when Rebels, it kind of made it seem like the scene before that absolute last scene where she goes up to the Muriel happened relatively quickly after Ezra was gone and all this stuff. But now we're finding out that it's a pretty damn long time. Yes, we're talking years here. Oh, Let's, we're talking a lot of years. Yes, I think it was like uh, five years. About five, uh, three to five years, I think is what it. About I, five, about five, six years. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of shit happened, and it, 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 we get some of that backstory in the first two episodes. Not a lot. No, not enough to complain about, but enough to complain about that. Hey, we got some holes here that we need figured out. What's up, AJ? We got some general or uh, fan that general fan question here. Like I said, uh, cinematic universe knowledge, but lacking lacking any um, source material besides that. When you when we're talking about Ashoka, a lot of people will remember and re- you know Return of the Jedi where it ended. Okay, and we're dealing with um, Vader's son Luke or Anakin's son Luke. During that whole time, though, we don't see or hear anything from Osaka or Ahsoka, I mean, because, but she is in existence. A lot of people like myself who don't know the backstory kind of would like to know if she's a Jedi Knight and she was involved with the Clone Wars and with Anakin and everything, where did she go from there until, is that what we're shooting at here? Is this going to answer a lot of those questions? So a lot of those questions you're asking was actually answered in Rebels. If you get some time to go back and watch that, we do see Ahsoka in Rebels quite a bit. Um, and the events of Rebels is kind of where she, at the end of Rebels, it's kind of where she disappeared to for those five or six years where we do not see her in anything else. Coming in from the Disney side of the house. Um so during that time frame, she was actually actively looking for Ezra and for any signs of Grand Admiral Thrawn, which is mainly what this season is about, is the rumor that he's still out there, which means Ezra could also still be out there. Rob, am I, am I on the right path here? No, you, I- you, you're definitely right. Uh, if you remember, <clears throat> Rebels really ended... About two years before the Battle of Yavin, yes, which is uh, episode four. That's the Mm -hmm. big, you know, Luke destroys the Death Star at the end of the Battle of Yavin. Okay, so about Mm -hmm. two years from two years before till now, um, in this timeline, she's been searching for Ezra, and I do believe that they. I've seen some things out there where they're going to start adding filler information, books, and different things about where she has specifically been doing. 
and going so like through flashbacks this. and references. Correct. Okay. We, as you can see from Ahsoka, uh, she's kept in touch with Hera. Yep. And all of that. So you gotta understand that she's probably was working some, um, maybe working some stuff for the rebellion even throughout you know episodes four five and six but i i so, really think that she was off doing her own thing and, and it, it, there's some some easter eggs and stuff like that where we're going to get some of that here in a, in a few minutes as soon as we start getting into the deeper episodes so and, with and that remember, hold on one remember yep. a big key thing to this is uh she's she's not she was a former jedi yes and she was, uh, so she and, was offered her place back but she turned it down listen let's, let's and i'm i'm gonna split a little hairs here this is just me she was not a jedi knight i know that may said that if you come back we will consider everything that you've gone through your jedi knight trial and you'll come back not as an apprentice but as a jedi knight and when she turned that away eh, she was no not a jedi knight and she she herself in rebels says i was never a jedi knight she she has said that on multiple occasions throughout the end of the clone wars rebels and I'm, I'm and I think she's already said it once or twice in Ahsoka. Yes. Much so, like I mean, uh Anakin was never a Jedi master. Correct. You may but, have the seat, but <laughs> you did not hold the rank. <laughs> but even then Mace the, Windu, baby. From the fall of the Empire, remember a lot of people that were Jedi, that were knights, that were Force sensitive. We got Jen in the house. Hey, Jen. They from were from the living running. room. They were running and hiding from the Empire. So as much as she was trying to find Ezra and do all these other things, I think that it it made it well known. Uh, it was well known that she wasn't trying to be very visible. So that's why she there's no she was making herself scarce for multiple reasons, as a lot of Jedi were who were in hiding. So, including Kanan at one point, who, if you watch Rebels, you'll he was one, considered one of the last of the Jedi's, because a lot of them, after Order sixty six, if they survived, they were recruited by the dark side to become Inquisitors. Recruited. Basically, you if you want to die, cool. Or you can live and come work for us. You know, standard government tactics. And that, that's all Disney canon. We're going to focus on Disney canon. We'll bring in a little bit of the books and the comics, Rob, at a I little later. That one, I will let that one go. <laughs> but we'll touch on that. Hold those thoughts. Okay. We'll save those for parting shots. How about that? I got you. So is that right, like so a big debate right now? I mean, it will forever uh, be a big debate. And if we go down that rabbit hole right now, EJ, yeah, we will go. Well, for I know. I, I, hours. Like I said, I've I've looked into a bunch of stuff and leading up to this show as far as like information and read different views. And I mean, you 
got your hardcore, you know, Star Wars source material input, and then you got the more, I would say, New Age and or, and Orthodox. So you got Orthodox Star Wars, and you got New Age, who are kind of like the same people who talked about the Gray Jedi's and stuff. That's the New no Age, and then you got the Orthodox, who are like those people don't exist. Yeah, they're, they're, those people are not your friends. <laughs> so, you don't need that type of negativity in your life. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's 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 go forward. And we're gonna, EJ, you have a lot of great points. Uh, we're going to touch on a lot of that as we go along here. Um, but just in general, as a whole, the 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 fandom is some of the most toxic fandom you're ever going to experience. Oh, oh! And I'm a fan. I'm a goddamn fan, man. <laughs> and like, That's true. It, it 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 is, and it's like. It is in every fandom. It doesn't matter. It could be Terminator. It could be freaking, you know, aliens, predators that we're cover- currently covering on USDN. There's two sides of every fandom, but Star Wars fandom, brothers. We we are unique, very unique, very. That's like some Nets level. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's just go. Let's press. All right. So here's what I want to go into next with y'all. We're going to talk about the characters that we currently know and see through two episodes of the current franchise. I'm going to start with my little list over here, and we're going to go down. All right? So first up, the ever-beautiful Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Chef's Kiss. We have Natasha Lou Bordizzo. I hope I'm saying her name right. As Sabine Wren, who I think is like spot on pretty much for Sabine. And then the very beautiful Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Dula. Or, or as some other people may know her, as Miss Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because that is Ewan McGregor's wife. Go figure. Yep. And then we got Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull. We got Ivana Sakno. I'm not I'm butchering the shit out of that. I know it. As Shin Haiti, I think is how we're saying her name. Shin Haiti. Uh we got Diane Lee Inosanto playing Morgan or Morgan Elsbeth, who is a knight sister. Pretty cool call out to the Clone Wars. We'll get onto that later. I see you. I see the look in your face, Rob. I see it. <laughs> also, I want to point out her middle name is from Bruce Lee because her father worked with Bruce Lee. Her father is the legendary Dan Anasato. He is very, very well known and legendary within martial the martial arts community. He developed Jeet Kune Do with Bruce Lee. So really cool two plus two to get five there. That is a really fucking cool story. And I learned that today, actually. <laughs> so we have uh, Doctor Who himself, Mr. Uh, David Tennant playing Hu Yang, which I love Hu Yang as a character. And we first get introduced to him, I believe, in Jedi Tales. Yep. Or was it Clone Wars? Uh, I believe Jedi Tales came first. 
No, Clone Wars. Clone, Clone Wars came first. Clone Wars came he first. He is a Jedi historian, and he's also the guy who builds the lightsabers with the Padawans. So that is a really cool... And also, David Tennant voices him throughout the entire animated series as well. Yep. So they didn't just go pluck a mm-hmm. random, like, hey, Doctor Who, do you feel like coming in to play this guy? No, he's been him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so a little, I, I love how all this stuff, like, yeah, fucking nerd yeah. out on this shit, man. And then next up, we have Iman Esfandi, who plays Ezra Bridger. I don't, I'm not really sure of his backstory or anything. I don't know if you voiced Ezra. Excuse me, guys. Bird King ain't agreeing. But I think he's a good fit. Like, from an image perspective, from what we've yeah. seen of him so far, he's pretty spot on, especially at the end of Rebels when he says, already shaved his head. And he's like, if I'm going, I'm going out like a boss. And then we have, um, ah, Mr. Clancy Brown. Who is also the voice of Governor Ryder Azadi in Rebels? And he also plays uh, government Governor Azadi in Ahsoka, which is really freaking cool that we get those cool little tie-ins yeah. like that. And then one of my favorite like characters, funny, uh, royalty right there is it, dude Clancy Brown. Absolutely, that dude. He's He's right, yeah, like, he's right up there. Yeah. Like Keith he's, David, he's up here. Yeah. Like people are like, like, they're all are like, go watch uh, every sci fi movie from the 90s and 2000s, and you will know who the hell Clancy Brown the 90s, is. The 90s, the 80s. Yeah, the 80s. He's the Kurgan. Yes. Yes. So, and then we got our main man, Chopper, voiced by none other than Rob's favorite person, Mr. David Felonius. I love Chopper as a character and everything. I don't know if Dave voiced him in the animated series. I didn't really dig that far into him. And also, I want to point out that I did miss a very key person. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Rob, help me out if you can. In an episode of Rebels, you see Ezra infiltrate a um, a school for the, the dark side. Let's just say that. Basically, it was a it's like uh, basic training. School. It's an imperial school for children where they grow up to be soldiers. Correct. And the the guy I'm thinking of is a senator now for the fall. That's it. And he, he's also there as well in the beginning where you see them uh, getting ready to present an award to Sabine, who is... We'll get into that here in a second, but it's really cool. That's another call up from the cartoon that we see in real life. And he's now grown up like everybody else. And he is now a, a Senator. So that's really cool. I just got a, a message from Kelvin saying, fuck, he's missing it. And he apologizes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jen Highlander. Yes. Yeah, it can only be one. Oh, I think I actually have something listed like that later on in the story here. <laughs> so, am I missing anybody else, Rob? Oh, oh. and then we got um, the Inquisitor, 
Well, he's now a mercenary who used to be an inquisitor that they refer to as Merrick or Merrick. Merrick. Yeah, but we're going to touch on him later because he's also a possible Easter egg that I want to explore. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask in episode about two. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a lot of stuff out there on him. A lot of uh, oh, juicy shit. And I'm eating it up because I am a nerd like that. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that people are saying on, on Merrick, but you've hit all the highlight characters episode one. The primary, yeah. Yep. Well, my friend, I do my homework. Yes, I yes. watch multiple episodes multiple times. So with that being said now, guys, are y'all ready for episode one? Let's go. Yes. All right. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the name of the episode and give you the quick synopsis of what this episode entailed. So in part one, a.k.a. Master and Apprentice, uh, we have a valuable prisoner escape the New Republic custody and a search for answers reunites two old friends. And that's a really good synopsis in the perfect... Um, Description of this episode. It, I mean, yeah. it, it really does. This sums it up perfectly. It, it does, and well, yeah. they actually you don't get none of this until they release the episode. They didn't release none yeah. of the episodes prior. Like, hey, this episode's this, and this episode's that. So yeah. it, it means I have more work to do later on. But I'm cool with that. I'm okay yeah, with it cool because it, what leaves I do. it leaves it more of a surprise or more interesting, drawing you in. As the producer of this fucking brilliant show, I. Love doing my research and my homework, fellas. So let's roll into it. All right. So we see Home One, which, oh, by the way, anybody know what Home One is and where it's from? Trivia off the bat for you. Okay. You, you got me on that one. That is Admiral Akbar's command ship. From ROJ, Returning the Jedi. Oh, okay, okay. Nice, okay. So it did seem familiar. It did. I mean, it's been brought back to, you know, 4K Ultra. You know, so it looks completely fucking different. It's no longer a little piece of cardboard flying around on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have never got that one. <laughs> so during the. So we see um, Balin and his apprentice squawking Jedi, uh, old Jedi code. I mean, it's a callback to a previous, you know, from I think it's Return of the Jedi when they're trying to get on to the Death Star, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so we see that they're using the, the same method. Basically, it's like a little throwback there. They get on board. The captain comes down. He's like, you two are no Jedi. And then Dalen being the complete fucking badass he is. He's like, you're right about one thing. We're no Jedi. And begins to fucking murk everybody on board. Well, I mean, she, she, well, uh, she starts the murking, but she he just goes right off. Like she was like there. She was itching. She's like, she's like that young troop with the itchy trigger yeah. finger. But yep. so, and then we get this brilliant hallway fight scene 
which is a homage to uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yep. With Darth Vader and doing his little hallway fight, which was brilliant. And Balin has that fucking presence that Vader brought to the screen. And it is like, God, I'm going to miss this guy because some of his characters are phenomenal. And like that scene, watching him just murk through all those guys similar to Darth Vader was chilling. Like I was like, this is it. So anyways, enough of my reminiscence on that. That was, (laughs) it's a great opening scene. Let's put it like that. It sets the tone for the rest of the episode. It does. It really does. So, you know, they're there, obviously, to rescue this prisoner who, oh, by the way, was taken in Mandalore, the Mandalorian, I think, season two. Season two. And that is Morgan Elsbeth, who is a night sister of Dathomir, which if you're familiar with Dathomir, they gave us Assange Ventress. Um, Darth Maul. He was uh, a night brother. Him he and was a uh, night brother. Savage. And Savage. They're from the other side of the planet. Okay, right. They were, but they, still. Uh, what's her name? The the night mother from the Clone Wars. Uh, Marin. She considered Maul a son. Yeah. So I don't know if that's blood relations. Or if she was just referring to all of them as her sons. She referred to a lot of them as her sons. That so I don't know the, how that... They never like hinted or gave you anything as far as how those relationships work there. We just yeah, know there's is, the males on one side of the planet, Night Sisters on the other, and the Night Sisters run the show. Yeah. So, so a little bit of history and a little knowledge and lore. I won't go too deep into it. The Night Sisters of Danthamir was one of, I think, 10 clans of witches that were on Danthamir. Okay. But they were one of the ones that, uh, and this is legends. This is that other side that we're talking about, EJ, the uh, non-canon The comics. Correct. And so um, they were pretty much... Uh, the Night Sisters were pretty much the only ones of these witches on Danthamir that freely used in their powers to utilize the dark side of the Force. And a, a, big, big, a big, huge distinction is in lore, even after Return of the Jedi, the Night Sisters of Danthamir are still there. They're They're not decimated they're not eradicated they're not any of that stuff with disney canon in the clone wars um general grievous uh put a heavy smackdown yes that man right there he he basically wiped out most of the night witches of danthamir not just them but the planet he brought Correct. in his clone army and like completely went from one side to the other, but so like, we, yeah. Go ahead, Ethan. The Night Sisters, like the the planet we see in the very beginning, these ruins that she's searching through, is that those ruins are of their order, correct? So that are those are Jedi. That's a Jedi temple that she's at, 
at the beginning of uh, Ahsoka. That's nothing to do with the Dathomir or the Night Witches. So she found uh, in Mandalorian, we'll go back to Mandalorian season two when she battles uh, Morgan. She she fights her with her sabers, of course. With and then Morgan has a Beskar spear that eventually falls into the hands of the Mandalorian. And um, so that's where she, I can't remember the planet, but basically Ahsoka walks in with the Mandalorian and they take out this yeah. encampment and put it and shut shut her down, her factories down. Yeah. And um, well, she was kind of like a last stronghold from like remnants of the war, the Clone War, basically. Correct. Yes, to just see the 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 culture of that that temple, the planet that she went to seemed uh, even alien to her. It like, was it, it was something that she couldn't look at the she couldn't look at the the glyphs and everything and, and make it out on her own right away. So that's why I was like, why is this very unfamiliar to the Jedi if it is a well, Jedi or Jedi temple? There's, there's two planets that um, Morgan really um, had attention to the first one. Um, it was a Jedi temple, but there was a night sister. I think it was a night sister foothold on that planet, and that's why she didn't. It, Ahsoka didn't seem familiar with any of the glyphs and stuff. It was a little night sister fortress, and that's where that was hidden at. Um, okay. the, the little map. Oh, um, the map. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a night sister, but that wasn't the planet Danthermere. Danthermere is a swamp okay. planet. Yeah, this swamp is gassy. It's a red planet similar to, uh, I guess you equate it to what our modern Mars, I guess. Yeah. Mars, but yeah, we'll call it Mars. Yeah. It, it's, so, I always Mars. thought of it as a, uh, a different shade of uh, Dagobah. Dagobah yes. red. Yes. Dagobah yes. red, yeah. So and like Red Bull and Blue Bull malt liquor. Oof. Oh, bro. Come on. Oh, you just gave me indigestion. Oh. But yeah, I, I need that to taste make that distinction because that makes Morgan much more unique and much more of a polarizing a figure too. because she is one of the last survivors. By this time, there's probably maybe. There's I was going to say two or three. Yeah, we two confirmed. Oh, wow. Two That's confirmed because of grievous. Because of grievous, grievous, and, and after after grievous, they between grievous doing what he did, there was a few more sisters that survived. But by this time, there's only you say two. They're saying two. But there could be a third, maybe even a yeah, fourth out there. Who knows? More the unknown because you don't want to you don't want to take away the opportunity or the option. Yeah, right. I won't take nothing away from it because, I mean, what I'm not going to. But her her thing is she believes Thrawn is the secret and the key to bringing back the dark side Correct. and to bringing back the the Empire. Yes. So now I'll, I'll we'll. After those events, we see Ahsoka entering the secret chamber where there's this puzzle. It's a Jedi puzzle. 
what have you, and she finds the key, the star map, to the possible location of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, he's not a Grand Admiral yet, I should say. It in in the D E D Disney universe, Disney he's canon. not a Grand Admiral yet. Everywhere else, he's been a Grand Admiral and a complete fucking badass. <laughs> I'll put it out there. Yes. But and then so if he's out there, Ezra must be with him and Ahsoka kind of feels if he's alive, Ezra's alive, and Ezra's a key to a lot of different things in her her mind because he really was a last of the Jedi per se. So let me see. Also I want to point out that 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 orb is a throwback to the classic Jedi game or the Jedi games, um, video games. And so is the puzzle that she had to solve in order to get this thing to open. Um, yeah, actually that, that was my next line was, uh, the map is of course an orb because that's the Jedi way and a subtle nod to the video games. Also Ahsoka ship. Do y'all know what it's called? Um, the uh, fulcrum, or fulcrum. Yeah. Now, Rob, okay. I just read. I just read it not too long ago, so I was like, in Andor, what is the call sign of the inside man, the inside rebel within the Empire? Fulcrum. Fulcrum. She invented that. That, that was her thing for an ultra inside spy in the Empire. Mm -hmm. That was something that she had created. It's kind of always stuck with her because that was her thing. And it's also a gentle nod to her lightsaber being in the shape of a fulcrum as well. So that's pretty cool. And so it's a homage to the influential group of rebel agents. Do you know who was a fulcrum? I just said it. Uh, Andor. Say that. Say that again. Andor. Andor. Cassian. Yes, Cassian. My man Andor. Cassian died a brutal, nasty death with the love of his life. Eh, I don't think he felt a thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is a true story, but he, it was the anticipation that you know it was. It was. I have to admit, them sitting at that beach. While watching racing, while watching it, yeah. dude, the anticipation yeah. was a terrible part of it. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the actual death because no, you feel didn't it, feel the death. You're fucking, you're, you're, you're done. But he watched it go from but, yeah, one side to the other. End coming to you, yeah. And you watch it. That's kind of terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. So nasty, nasty thing to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> and that was from where? Where did that shot come from? The Death Star. Death Star 2. One. Was it one? Yeah, it was one. It was You're one. right. Yeah. I, I, I was backwards in my timeline there. Yeah. So, also, Ahsoka's now on her way back to Lethal. In between, there's some other shit, but we at this point, we see the mural of the rebels on Lothal 
And that is a no shit direct one for one copy from the Rebels animated series to the live action Ahsoka. And it's pretty cool because you get to see the Loath Cats and the Loath Wolves, which are Force-sensitive animals, the wolves are. And if you watch Rebels, they play a very integral part of teaching Ezra and the rest of the Rebels there, like, how they use the Force to travel from point A to point B in instance. Which is that whole episode really it was that it was, was mind blowing. It was cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to admit that. That was very well done. All right. We've already hit these. So she gets them out and she immediately calls um I guess she's a general Sindula now at yep. this point. And she's um pretty high up in the um I don't want to say empire because it's not the empire, it's the, the um, rebellion. The well, this is not even a rebellion. The new republic. Thank the you. That's republic. the fucking yeah, the new republic. She's like the general now at this point. And um Hera convinces Ahsoka to take the star map to Sabine because she is an artist and she may know of a way to unlock it. And of course, there's a lot of shit that happened in those five to six years that we don't see that we start to get a piece of. And that is, yes, Sabine trained as a Jedi. She is not force sensitive, but she still wanted to train as a Jedi because she, I, I don't know if it's something that she felt she owed to Ezra or. With her being a Mandalorian, she's just like, hey, dude, I, I think I could fucking do, pull this off. I want to learn how to fight with a freaking lightsaber. I don't know. We're not quite far enough along in the series to really f- get to those bits and pieces that we're missing. So it, it, I'm, I'm interested to see where we're going with that. So we'll talk. I, I'll, I'll bring that point up when we go into episode two, because cool. it's actually discussed in episode two a bit. And of course, you you guys know Not I'm already yet. I'm already on their neck. So if this I know you are pass the smell test, we we gonna have some. I gotta ask the questions when we get to episode two because I was I was cut off with the whole Sabine's background there because, like I said, I don't have exposure to rebels. But, okay, uh, so I'll give you a real quick history lesson on Sabine Wren. Sabine is a Mandalorian. She okay. left Mandalore and went to basically work for the Empire. While she was a part of the Empire, she was a weapons designer. She designed weapons. And ultimately, she designed the weapon that destroyed Mandalore. Mm-hmm. I think it was Moff Gideon who destroyed Mandalore. Yeah. So she designed that weapon. As a kid, basically. She was a young kid when she did this. And um, she's lived in isolation away from other Mandalorians. Even though her, her family is very he- held in very high regards on Mandalore. Like they are... As the time, when we see... I think it's... Is it in Rebels? When she goes back to Mandalore? Yeah. 
yep. we see her family, and I think at the time her family was the governing clan of Mandalorians. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean th- that tells you anything about her lineage as far as being a Mandalorian goes. But uh, she felt like she was doing her part for Mandalore by joining the Empire to prevent war coming to her own planet. Didn't work out in her favor, obviously. But she becomes a part of the Rebels and dead sin on destroying the Empire. So there's a little backstory for you for Sabine. She's really just a free loving artist and with a f- and a complete badass with a weapon. So. Did I miss anything there, Rob? No. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm getting there, man. I'm not. No, I'm not no, on no, Rob's you're, level. You're fine. You're fine. I'm. I'm trying mm. to hold back on my Sabine dislike. I know you. You. You're not a fan, but. She, you know what? Uh, there, there are certain things about her her character that uh, it didn't rock well with my traditionalist. I am a Mandalorian. You see, Mando ID. So uh, there, there's certain of that, but again, you know, that's me being traditionalist versus anything else that's out there. Yeah, um, and, and we, I get it 100. Um, percent So let let's press forward. Let's press forward. Yes. So ultimately, Sabine does solve the map, mm-hmm. and then we've seen uh, Balin's apprentice Shin. With two, uh, what are they called? Um, HK, Assassin Droids. Assassin Droids, thank you. The HK series Droids. Attacks is being at her home, which is Ezra's home from Rebels. She, so she's still yep. living up in the communications tower. She's got a pet loath cat, which is cool as shit. And <laughs> so you see those fights. She manages, Sabine manages to take out one of the Assassin Droids. And then you finally see her wield the lightsaber, light, lightsaber, and uh, gets her ass handed to her by Shin. Yes. It's like she yes. got slapped. Like she looked like a fucking rookie. Yes. And she was trained by quite possibly, if you go by what people say, Ahsoka is one of the best duelists when it comes to the lightsabers. Not Jeff's words. I just want to point that out. Those are not my words. Thank you. Those are the fucking opinions of others. Thank yeah, you. I heard that too because she was trained by Anakin. That she was. Uh, Anakin's not even the best. And it's unorthodox in her approach, but some of her unorthodox style is what uh, saves her when it comes to certain fights Again. because it's not the traditional learned. Well, she is a dual wielder, so I mean that's not very that's common. Yeah. And but even he isn't one of the best to grace the, the there, there are several over the multitudes of Jedi that have wielded the lightsaber that probably were better. Luke at the end of his life, if you go by the which McCullough, Luke was a far better uh, duelist than Anakin was. Uh, we know Obi Wan was. Yeah, Obi Wan's up there. Mace Windu. Um, there's also What's an apprentice the, um, out there of the, the Dark Lord. Gang, gang. That was. He's probably up there too. 
Star and you know who? We saving him for last, buddy. We gonna get to him. I promise you, we getting to him today, cause that's my fella. So anyway, she whoops the bean's ass. Oh, you talking about? Uh, no, not not, not the homeboy Yoda. Yoda's probably up there in the top three. By the way, he's he's not. He's talking about the dude from the Clone Wars with the octopus head. Oh, Kit Fisto. Yeah, Kit yeah. Fisto, that motherfucker. Kit Kit is a Kit is a good. He's a great uh, duelist, which is why Mace Windu took him to confront Sidious. Okay. Um, K um, yeah. KID Mundy was a better duelist than Kit Fisto, and um, yeah, that that psychopath there. But uh, Dude, he was a better legit. Duelist. Yeah, he was a legit yeah. terror. I thought they said something like Kit, Kit Fisto's uh, um, physique helped a lot. I guess he was very uh, athletic or able to do a lot of things athletic. Well, he, he was Maybe. from a water world, and he yeah, used that to his like, advantage. Like, so yeah, his so. ability to breathe on land and that kind of stuff was, yeah. So, I mean, it, it gave him a leg up. Kit Fisto was also very unique in that he was a master of Form 1. And he mastered it so well, which Form 1 is the very basic form that everyone is taught when they first start training with the lightsaber. He became so much of a master of that form that it actually made him more dynamic and he can hold his own against other forms. But... Even though I mean he was he wasn't I, won't, I don't want to say he's a great or a very strong force user because I don't think he really was, but he had the mind and the mentality to help him. Yeah, because I don't really think he was a, that great of a strategist either. If you look at him in the Clone Wars, but again, I'm not a whole lot familiar with actual source stuff, and I don't know if he was just invented for Disney. Or if he's actually, uh, no, he was, he was, uh, no. he was actually in the 2003 clone series, the 2D version, which one of my favorites. And it don't get enough ass. love and respect. And I'm, yes. it's a damn shame it never got finished. But we'll press, we'll, let's, let's power through, yeah. guys. So, so we see Shin whoop Sabine's ass and take the map. Hell yeah. And so. For some reason, oh yeah, here is my one other note about the Night Sisters was that they're not Sith, but they used the dark side for magic. And some notable Night Sisters we see is Mother Talzin, who she, I want to say that she is no shit Darth Maul's mother. Like, because most of the stuff I read makes it seem like she is like no shit his mama. But I didn't, like I said, they never really get into that, but it was just the way she held him in such regard. So I don't know. And then also Asajj Ventress, who was the badass. <laughs> like, she was such an underrated assassin for Doku, and Doku did not deserve her. Right. So she steals it. She escapes. They go to, um, can't remember what planet it is, but it is a sacred area for Night Sisters. 
and we pop the mouth band. She pops some magic on it, and boom, there you go. She's like, Thrawn is there. So cool, you know. That's so. Her ultimate thing for finding Thrawn is she believes, and I may have already said this, he's the secret to unlocking basically the dark side again. Even though he himself isn't a a force user. Right. So I'm really not sure why she believes, and she never really gets into it at this point, why she believes he's like the second coming of Darth Vader. But that's where we're at with that. And I got some more Easter eggs if y'all are, you want to hop on, if I can hop on them real quick. And we'll Go right power ahead. Through these. Go so right ahead. who's missing right now, Rob? Jip. Related to uh, Hera. Jeb. Jeb. Other than Jeb, yes. Zeb, Zeb, not Zeb. Jeb, Zeb. Zeb is missing right mm-hmm. now, yes. But who else is missing? Rex. Rex is missing, yes. Let me see. Oh, their son. Jason. Jason Sindula is currently missing. He's not been shown yet, I should say. Not been mentioned. He's not been mentioned. But right now, so Kanan... And Hera were married. It was never talked about. Well, in Rebels, it was very much talked about. Well, alluded to. Yeah. And they had been trying to have children for years and years. They've had several miscarriages that they allude to. And then finally, when we see Rebels kind of go off, or at some point. So this is why another thing that's confusing and kind of a hole in the timeline is that Jason Sindula is supposed to be about nine years old at this point. So there, I think there's been a decade, almost a decade gone by. Pretty close. I would say about six, seven years, maybe. But they made it seem like it was like three to five years that after, gone by. After yeah. From Rebels to Ahsoka. Yeah, so But it's been right. closer to a decade, yep. really. Because, like I said, everybody loves the Loath Cats. Like, they're awesome. <laughs> Like, what's not to fucking love about them? It's like a cat with chicken feet. They're fucking awesome. So, also, I got here that Sabine is one of the few non-Jedi to use a lightsaber. And she was also, let's point this out, that she was taught to use the Darksaber originally by Kanan and Ezra. Yep. And Sabine was Ahsoka's apprentice, despite not being Force-sensitive. And we kind of hit on one of those things, a couple of those things. But, um, so yeah, there was a lot of good Easter eggs in that episode. I don't think I, I probably missed a few. Rob, what what you thinking so far? I missed uh, anything? You've got pretty much everything that I got. <laughs> I did some digging. I did a lot of digging and a lot of reading. Um one thing that stood out to me and this is goes into a lot of my nerd aspects of mythology um Balin Skull and uh Shin Hati 
are based off of characters from Norse mythology. Uh, Skull is the wolf that chases the sun, and Hati is the wolf that chases the moon. And I thought that that was really that is a cool. I did read that. I don't know why I didn't include it though. I thought that that was really, really something that was that was good. And it's got to um, be a hint to something else that's coming as well. I feel it, it could be. It could be. But then again, it could have just been Disney, really, just like you know, I'd be cool right now. I, I think this. so. Yeah, because uh, they do uh, that. They give you cool thing. shit, and then it's like it alludes to nothing, but <laughs> but it's cool. Damn felonious. Another thing is noticing that Shin Hati, she very much considers herself a Jedi apprentice. She does. And she acts that as a Padawan braid. She's wearing a Padawan braid and she's, well, so let's go back just a few here. When you see, uh, I think this is in episode two, and we're about to tackle episode two, is we do see, uh, Balin get a little emotional in a little bit um what's the word I'm looking for emotional and the word will come to me nostalgic nostalgic when he was when she's asking about the Jedi yes and he you could tell that he held those traditions in very high regards, which would very much explain why she does have a Padawan knot or braid, mm-hmm. I should say. And, and she refers to him as master as well. And also their lightsabers, <clears throat> although they are orange, they are not red, which they are also their original lightsabers from when he was a Jedi and she was a Padawan. A younger Padawan, like a youngling. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she was a youngling. No, but he, I think he found her and adopted her in. Yeah, I think that because he left, uh, he got out and he left during Order 66. Order 66, he escaped. He survived. He was an actual full-fledged Jedi Knight. He was a so, master. Well, I not a master, he, but a, just a Jedi Knight. But he was he a very high-ranking Jedi, Jedi Knight. So, which means that he was of a level where he could take, by Jedi standards, he could take an apprentice. Therefore, right now, him and Luke, in this continuity right now, him and Luke are the only true Jedi. Uh, Of course, there's some that are still out there. Yes. Um, We we have Ezra possibly out there. Who was never really a traditional Jedi Knight, but he was still apprenticed by Kanan Jarrus, who was a full-up Jedi Knight. Uh, no, Kanan was the Kanan. Actually, became no, a, he became Kanan a Jedi. Was, you're right. That's he right. He was not a Jedi Knight when uh, he was still an apprentice. That's right. When, you are uh, correct. At the end of Order sixty six, they said that he, uh, I believe, he Obi Wan or somebody said you have passed your night trials or. Whatever he was basically holy watered in, yeah. So we we've got that. So we can kind of count Ezra. Um, I'm not going to get into too much Ezra hate or any of that stuff because it's pretty cool the way that they they're they're making those waves and smoothing them out so that it can be authentic and flow with within Jedi standards. Yeah, and that's and I think this is kind of Dave Filoni's. Let me fit some shit season of 
of, of a Star Wars episode, you know? Yeah. He's, and I'm he's hoping, known for contradicting even himself. He is, but he's he, also he, really good about going back and unfucking himself. He is. He What's is. What's that, DJ? If you're going to run with the, you know, a franchise that's splintered, splintered like that, you got to find some level of continuity to bring it together, at least to make sense. Because going forward, you'll lose some of your fan base. You know what I mean? You're, it's too much if you're just going to disregard the traditional stuff, or if you're just going to, you know, you can't, you can't go one way or the other. You got to, he's well, got to, at this point, they've got to well, find they, a way forward with both. They kind of did that. Yeah. They kind of did that. When, when Disney bought, uh, you know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, all of that stuff, all the rights, they basically said, this is what we are now considering canon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they purposely considered, Clone Wars canon because Dave Dave Filoni said, "Hey, that's my baby. We'll go from there." Now he's there's even some stuff from Clone Wars that he's wanted to change, yeah, to make his own, to do his own thing, to sweep past and make the distinction between this is what was before and this is what's now. Now it did split the fan base. It did. They were old heads mm-hmm. like me, who was a you know a, a extended universe uh, legends as they call it now. And yeah, the legend series. A, a guy that I really don't like, uh, <laughs> but he's as big a Star Wars nerd as I am. He told me that the way that he got over it was that they said these are legends. They might have happened. But we don't know because it's just legends. It's yeah. all that stuff. And that's so that Disney could have reached back and pulled pieces in which yeah. they have from time to time. It's like the tales of the Jedi. I don't know if anybody's really and I find that series to be phenomenal. Yes. Because it is from comic book lore. Yes. And I, don't, I didn't realize that until recently that as I was sitting there watching, because I'm not through it yet, so I was sitting there watching, like, that first episode of, uh, was just like, wait, this was just like a comic book I seen recently, and I had to run out, and I bought it the next day, just because, and I was like, oh, damn, this is, like, this is what this is, this is, like, random comic book stories, they animated, it's really freaking cool. This is their way of pulling back, and this is their way of actually creating more content. So there was literally Jedi Samurai, and it's cool as hell. Yeah. So with that, anything else from season one you guys want to to double tap before we go to episode two? I love the opening crawl. Yes, they did bring that back. They did. That, That made my heart, God, I hate this. That made my heart happy. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was like the fun. first thing I geeked out on. I'm like the scroll. Yes. It's the scroll. Yes. Oh yes. All right. So let's press. So season two titled Toll in Trouble. And which is very fitting. So Ahsoka. And General Harrison Dula travel to the New Republic shipyards and make an unexpected discovery. 
<laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. No, this so, is kind of uh, alluded to very loosely uh, in the Mandalorian, correct? Because they're talking about the whole uh, bringing people from the Empire into the New Republic and giving them, it's almost like a reconditioning and then putting them to work. And they were kind of discussing that in Mandalorian and hinting that some of them, you know, like when they... There's a whole episode of of Mandalorian dedicated to this. Yep. Yeah. It's called Indoctrination and something. Yeah. And it connected well to where those those who have watched that, at least you could put two and two together and you could see You got some stuff to recall too. Yeah. Some some conspiracy coming together to make make things make sense you know like oh that's what that was all about is that on the underlying tones from the empire are still there and some are trying to you know keep it going but keep it quiet or just under the surface i mean we know it comes back yeah we know the empire to see the build up of it it's not like it happens very fast yeah it happens very fast and I, I got a feeling the events of Ahsoka are gonna what is what leads to it happening very to the, fast to the first order. Yes, to the first order. So, episode two opens up, and we see Sabine in the hospital. Obviously, she got murked, and Ahsoka's there. We see a hologram, Hera there, and um. Sabine is hacking basically this uh, droid to figure out where the fuck it come from. Because supposedly all those factories had been shut down following the fall of the Empire. Um, We see at one point when they get ready, they're getting preparing to go to the New Republic shipyard. We see Ahsoka go to the communications tower where Sabine lives. She says she got one, but there was two. Uh So, which, this is really cool. This tells you how far and shows you how far Ahsoka has actually come as a Force user, even though she's no longer... She left as a Padawan. Let's get it straight. She left before her trials, even though they were trying to bless her in. But she uses Force Echo. I mean, it, they, they call it a fuck ton of different things. Yep. Telemetry, you name it. There's a lot of names, but Force Echo is the fucking coolest to me. And she's able to hear and see basically the fight using the force echo between um shit what's her name sabine well sabine and um the apprentice um, shin 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 she's going to be called a shin (laughs) shin and uh she's able to use the force echo to see this fight which is cool because it that's not like some entry level Jedi shit. No. That's uh that's Yoda type shit and Obi-Wan type shit that she's doing. Which to me is cool as hell because there's nobody there to train her. There's no more manuals for her to read. She's just like, oh damn, what's this? And she's like, What? I can what? <laughs> so that's kind of how I picture her learning all these new cool Jedi shits, you know? So she, and then she goes upstairs and she's like investigating 
and then she's able to use she has that sense and she finds the second assassin droid as it tries to murk her she kills it of course actually and then that's when we get the head yep to Sabine, Sabine and she hacks the head to tell him like hey this came from like the new republic shipyard up the road you know <laughs> so then we see you know it was made on where what what planet was this made from where is the new shipyard really Corellia. Who else is from Corellia? Who else would be from that fucking shithole? I'm solo. The motherfucking man, Han Solo. (laughs) So, the fucking legend himself, the birth of fucking the rudest child ever born. We'll cover him on another episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Fucking Ben. He's literally named after one of the greatest Jedi's to ever grace the freaking galaxy far, far away, and he's a little shit. But anyway, they go to Corellia because that's where the New Republic shipyard is. So it's at the New Republic shipyard where they are tearing down old Imperial ships and making New Republic ships. And to include the droids. So everything's getting upcycled into newer yep. shit. And um, so supposedly. here we find, supposedly, absolutely, yeah. Ahsoka I'm and Hera sure finally, we, we're finally seeing Hera, right? She's not a, she's there, she's in person. And it's cool as hell. Miss Obi-Wan herself. So they reunite to go investigate the shipyards because her role as a general is she can do whatever the fuck she wants, basically. And that includes investigating the shipyard. And they're looking for... Um, they discover they are building engines and droids for people who still have allegiance to the old empire. And it, it's at this scene where... we're pro- I think we're probably about halfway through the episode here. Right. That... Um, they're in the, the control tower, I guess you could call it. And um, she's like, well, you don't have the clearance to see that. And she's like, motherfucker, I'm the general. Tell me I don't have clearance for this. Like, I wish you would, dude. And, and she's like, I'm giving you clearance. Fucking open it. He's like, no, you don't have clearance. And she's like, dude, you're going to open it. And he, he finally breaks down. And do you know who that is, by the way? Um. I've seen his weaselly face in several, several, several. Dude, he's always a fucking weasel. Yeah. Like every character he plays. <laughs> I wish I could remember who he is, but I didn't really find him relevant because he's only here for about 10 minutes. Right. So I didn't really go into a lot of details. I think he was just like, he called up Dave one day. He's like, hey, Dave, let me let me get a little roll. <laughs> you know how dudes do, you know? Dave said, let's find a weasel guy. Yeah, and they're like, hey, what about that one motherfucker? Yeah. He always plays a weasel. So, and then finally, you know, one of the um, people running the shipyard, well, she, so let's back up just a half a second here. Um, Asuka's like, what the hell's that engine go to? It's too big for anything belonging to us. Yep. And that kind of what, it sets off the, um, the other workers in there. And you hear one guy yell for the, um, for the empire and starts blasting, of course, Hera and, Ahsoka, pop, pop, pop. 
so take everybody out in there and then arrest everybody else. One of the things that you, if you blink, you'll miss it. Right before he draws and fires, you see Ahsoka go like this. And she looks because the force is telling her danger, Will Robinson, danger. And so that, again, hints to, you know, how much she's grown in the force. She has that force awareness that, that's letting her know yep. something's coming. And, and it's cool because this leads to them taking down a whole slew of people who are who have been pardoned, imperialists who have been pardoned and reintegrated into the new republic. Right. And through the amnesty program is what it was called. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Ah, yeah. And um, so it's these people that we see getting arrested who lay the groundwork to show you how fast the uh, first order comes about following the events of, I believe of what we're going to see in Ahsoka. Yeah. Because this, it's not a whole lot of time passes before we get new Republic. Boom. First order. And then the events of what's currently going on on Disney's. So the first Star Wars universe being built? is being built in secret. That's what, okay. So, I figured they were already in a, in effect existed. They just they're being built up as as so right now on. they're right now they are the remnants of the, the old remnants Republic. of the of the of the empire. Yes, they are the remnants okay. of the empire. They have not come together to be the first uh, first order, you know, the first order just yet. But this is how. Like uh, Jeff is saying, this is how all of that fits together because uh, one of the biggest questions when The Force Awakens was, where the fuck did these guys come from? Why are they yeah. so powerful? Why are they yeah. all this? Why do they have this? Was yeah, you I thought they came, like, you know, I thought, because like you said, it wasn't explained in The Force Awakens. You just hear the first order. And I'm like, maybe it was part of the Empire that was... Except, like you know how if you if you read the extended universe stuff, you go into the whole shadows of the empire. The empire was a lot larger than what you see in the original movies. There's so, a presence further into different sections of the galaxy. So I, I think that's what we're getting from another right now. Here. I think that's why we have Morgan seeking out Grand Admiral Thrawn because Thrawn he, is key to shadows of the empire. Yes. And also, he's the the heir to the throne. If you want to, the heir to the empire. The heir to the empire. Yes, if you want to go into all that. And I'm trying so to avoid going to into all that. I know. To the Force Awakens eventually. No, so, they yeah. are. I think by the time we get through Ahsoka, um, we also got Skeleton Crew coming up, which I'm I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um. Mandal the next season of Mandalorian, we might get one more season of Ahsoka. We're supposed to get one more season of Andor that kind of sits up what we're seeing right now. And um, then we're going to get a movie. And in this movie, it's going to close Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, Andor, and link the old to the new 100%. Correct. Supposedly, this is their way of cementing and creating that barrier 
And in that, you'll see the rise of the first empire, the first order. Correct. See all of that come together. I got a feeling we're going to see a little bit more historical stuff built into there yep. as to where to and how yeah, the okay. first order comes apart or comes together. And then I think that is what's going to give us where we go because they've already said we're getting one more um, Ray movie. And that's not the movie that ties up all the TV shows and stuff. Yeah, so Ray is going to get after. at least one more movie set after the First Order. Ren is dead. So it pits up with her being basically the no, scraps of the Jedi. Yep. And we're going to go from there. And I got a feeling that's how we're going to get new Jedi, new Sith, new all this shit. And I, and I mean shit in a very positive. <laughs> I, Hopefully I, I, they they go back out to the source material at that point and go. Yeah, because there's parts like. Let's I pull this in now. Because there's a lot out there. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing, like I thought like Yoda referred or like way before, like there's always two. But the six. There's all. Well, so. So the rule of two. The rule of two is a very specific Sith Lord's thing. That was his thing. And I can't for the life of me remember which one it was. Thank you. That was his thing. And, um, but I mean, the Sith, I think, have some of the coolest lore out there. I mean, there's the rule of two. Then there was a, at one point, there was a ruling party. Of Sith yep. Lords, and each Sith Lord had their own part of the galaxy. And right. Sith underneath them, and then Sith underneath them is like a giant pyramid scheme, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> well, just, I, I was curious, because when they come up with the Inquisitors and stuff, there it breaks the whole rule of two. So No, no it doesn't. Like it doesn't. Three or four Inquisitors working together, no. you're like, what, what does it but mean? They, they're not considered Sith. Inquisitors were mm. fallen Jedi. Remnants of Order 66. They were not Sith, and they were not Sith Lords either. No. They were dark, dark side force users. They were the um they were acolytes of Sidious and Vader because they both had their own and they both did some crazy shit. But they were not considered Sith. Yep. Again, through all, all of that, they were still only uh, Sidious and then Vader. Everything, everybody else wanted to jockey for position to become one Another or the team. other. Remember, in um, uh, they kind of hinted on it in um, Obi Wan with the. Um, Grand Inquisitor and mm -hmm. him and Vader were kind of eh, because he was kind of wanting to push Vader out the way so that he could become the guy or any of this stuff. They're they're always jockeying for position. They were always wanting to be you know, that next guy. Stay in the good graces of Vader because the way that it was is eventually Vader, Vader would eventually kill, kill him. Sidious, and then one of those guys would become his apprentice. Yep. So the rule, but of if you want to be 
technical about it, Vader had an apprentice this entire fucking time. He, he did, but and we're going to touch on that momentarily. Yeah. Yeah. So I got like two more big points I want to hit, and then we'll dig in, EJ. So okay. now we see Sabine like making a really hard decision on herself. And it's pretty cool because when you dig into Sabine's armor and what her armor is and what it stands for and how old it is, her, her armor is over 500 years old. And she added her own, of course, since she is an artist, she added her own unique spin to her armor. And in it, she pays a homage to rebels and she's got the purgle, which became kind of like Ezra's spirit animal i guess you could say that in the lethal wolf and uh that's painting it on her uh pauldron yep and um so she's making the hard decision do i rejoin ahsoka after everything we've been through because at, at the time they linked up they were both two hard-headed individuals who were going through their own shit with sabine just losing ezra and Ahsoka really coming to grips with the fact that she has lost Anakin. And he is now Vader. Vader and a member of the dark side. So, I mean, they were both going through some shit. And now Sabine's finally like, hey, if you're willing to allow me to come along and learn again... I want to come along and learn. But it was like a decision that you could tell she put a lot of thought and a lot of ingestion of, you know, brain cells into. I mean, she cut her hair for it. And and it's pretty cool because that scene is a homage to when Kanan accepted his blindness and he yep. cut his braid or his hair. His, his hair. And uh, I thought that was cool as hell because, I mean, the side-by-sides are perfect one for one and um he takes on the owl the eyes on his uh his mask i believe it was no no no, it wasn't owls what was it it was the um j guys the j guys yes right and that was painting on uh that wasn't painted on by him that was done um i think by rex yeah rex rex gave them to him during the uh that last battle on um Lethal. Because only Rex would understand what they meant. Yep. Because he himself wore. He was there. He he's one of the only clones that earned those. Technically. Technically. That we see. Yes. We won't go into the other ones because I mean there's a lot of really good clone commanders out there that we don't give enough love to. But Rex gets a lot of love and well-earned and well-deserved love. If you ever want to go into that, give me a holler. Oh, we can. Any, anytime. Just not. Let's not. Because <laughs> we're already. That yeah, is just, what we're here for. Because we're See? at an hour and 23 right now. I don't want to go over. I want to keep it under two hours. I okay. really do. Um, so I have one more Easter egg. But before I hit this one Easter egg that I know is going to launch us down a little bunny hole. EJ. Where you at, bud? How you feeling? As far as this, uh, 
the series goes, I'm, I'm definitely as far as episode uh, two goes. Is there anything that Rob, while we have Mace Windu's cousin here, <laughs> can clear up for you? Because you got a confused look on your face. Oh, you know, I was going to ask it earlier. Okay. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Balin or Skull, Skull, um, their, their sabers are orange in color, okay? But Jeff mentioned they're the same sabers that they had in the Jedi Order. I thought when they made the saber, they had a unique kyber crystal that they used when they created it. And that's, it goes with the color, and the colors go with the different types of Jedi. Be they can be purified. More, um, like you might have one that's more like a paladin, and then one that's more like a knight. You know what I mean? A knight is a fighter. A paladin is a, is a pacifier. He's supposed to stop your guardians, evil, but not necessarily by always fighting. You know, so like you had your levels, and then you had Mace who, Windu, who was like he knew the ways of the dark side and the, but you know, so he could fight the dark side. So I mean, each one had their own like the color meant something, and it went with the crystal as well. So, so do you know how the Sith doing? got the red? They defeated a Jedi in battle and took their kyber crystal and purified it to the dark side. And that's Pretty how much made it bleed. Made it bleed, correct. That's why the Sith are red. So when you mm -hmm. look at the orange or the yellow that they are rocking, with them both, well, at least Balin being a fallen Jedi. How do you think his is orange or yellow? How do you like what what? Because you're you're on the right road. Yes. And I just gave you a hint of how Sith got the red. They bled oh. the Kyber crystal of a Jedi Knight that they took in battle. And others, they they created synthetic crystals that made it red. Yes. I, I believe that, and that's something that's really, really key. Thank you, EJ, for that, because that's really key with Balin. I believe that that's a, when the Jedi is creating his lightsaber, there's a force connection between him and the Kyber yeah. Crystal. And mm -hmm. a lot of that pours into it. Um, now, they don't expressly say it, and I hope they go into this. Um, I think that some of what his uh, feelings that he's no longer a Jedi, he's not Sith, he's not evil per se, he's a mercenary, and he does some pretty, you can tell he's done some pretty fucked up shit. shit. You know, he, he doesn't care, he's about the money, but he does, he's, he's very interesting, he's the most unique person in this whole goddamn show to me right now. So, and, and, I, and I like the fact that you're bringing that up. And I think his crystal and her crystal both have changed colors because of how where they are in life right now. So they're not Sith. is changing the, the crystal. Yes, it's all about I, the crystal. I believe that. Now his because she wasn't in the prison. I think that she she got the lightsaber from him when he left. When yes. he's sick, I think he had another one. And because mm -hmm. Wang said that hey, theirs is based, his is is really one from before. He yes. recognizes that one. 
Hers he didn't mm -hmm. recognize, but it was based on those from from, yes. from so, so the so know how to build you, that you, one. From, you also okay, see Hu Yang mention uh Ezra's lightsaber that uh Sabine is carrying. He's like, I remember this lightsaber being Ezra's, but I also see you made modifications to it to fit so you. Now so now it is yours. Hmm. Okay. So it could be that Balin, that Skull has said, I'm no longer a Jedi. And so he's swapped out Kyber crystals. Or, and I think that this will be the coolest shit ever. His connection with the crystal and the way that he's feeling about himself in the force and everything has changed the color. Yep. And to me, that because, would be yeah, his connection to the force is no longer from the light side. It's now wavering into, you know, more of a neutrality. He is. Oh, no, he's, he's not neutral to shit. But he's, he's a merc. He's a full of fucking. He's, merc. he's a merc. Yeah, I but, wouldn't be surprised to see him throw out a little lightning here. Dude, that'd be fucking legit. But, I'm not gonna okay, bullshit nobody. Now with all that said, why are her sabers white? Because she is no longer a. So those sabers that she currently carries were a gift from Anakin and Obi Wan. Those were mm -hmm. given to her when she left the Order. Yep. Nobody else knew about those. None of the Council knew about them. Obi Wan. And Anakin, and I'm pretty sure Yoda, because Yoda's a pretty fucking cool dude like that. And there's not too much that that dude didn't know. So I'm pretty sure those crystals are just pure crystals of white. And it was pretty much the show that she was, you know, that she was she pure. was forgiven, and she that she's she a, was pure. That yes. there was nothing she there was nothing that she owed. To the Jedi, that she was a clean slate, that yes. she can go forth and be whatever she wanted to be. That's because pretty much an exact word for word of what Anakin told her as she departed the Order. Yeah, because and she doesn't fit but, into the categories of the Jedi. It, it doesn't fit into the color scheme of the Jedi. No, if you ever, if you go to Rebels and you watch it and you see like all the different colors that the greens, the blues, Mace Windu had the purple, some of the yellow. And Mace, the only reason Mace's is purple is because it's motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson. He goes, I want a motherfucking purple yeah, lightsaber. He evolved the lore after his decision. He wanted purple and they made a story for it that purple represents certain yes. Jedi but the pure. Like hers is white because of the purity and the clean slate that she was given by Anakin and Obi Wan, and basically the council, even though they didn't, I don't think they really knew that they had her custom lightsabers built. No, I, I don't think, think that they was knew. just a parting gift. Yes, I, I think that so. that was something that they were going to give her when, when she became when she became a knight. Yes, and they said, "Take this out the door with you." Yep. I mean, I think Obi-Wan and Anakin both knew that she was destined to be more anyway. Yeah. And I just wondered if, if the, the white saber is, is... I mean, it's significant because she's not a Jedi Knight. You know? She's not of the Order anymore. Yep. And we've already seen this kind of 
um, hinted towards too with the with the whole end of the new, the three newer movies that the old Jedi way is gone. I mean, Luke was it Ray's yellow? Uh, Ray's or, yeah, Ray uses yellow or like whatever. Yeah, that color. Yeah, yes. but I'm yellow. just saying like they're hinting that it's no more just just Sith and Jedi. No more yeah. just black and white. No evil and good. That it's going to be a little bit of. Because I'm going to be honest too. with you. Do you know how they showed it? That how uh, Ahsoka got the info for the uh, map. She went into the the cell with, I think this is at the end of the Mandalorian, I think, and it, because that's Morgan. where we pick up with Morgan, and she's got her lightsaber to her throat, and she's like mm-hmm. basically force fucking her in the head to make her spill the info. Yeah. So she ain't got no problems murking <laughs> and using the force to get what she needs. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, I mean that's she, Mace Windu's character was kind of supposed to be more of that style, like a no hold bard when it comes to punishing the dark side. That's why yeah, I but she would do it to the light side too. Ahsoka ain't got no yeah. problems. You got info, she needs that that's info. I mean, she's taking a, the info. The direction they're going now where you're not going to do one or the other. Um, you know, there's an option to be neutral, you're not good or bad. You're don't say um, the word. Don't, don't, don't do it, EJ. Don't say the don't say word. that word. <laughs> no, no, no such thing. You know, she, she's yeah, just I mean, that. Are they the, a neutral level of Jedi or something? No, 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 no. But no, she's no. never a Je- She's never been a Jedi. You will never hear the words come out of her mouth that I am a Jedi, even though you hear people refer to her as Captain. Like, i.e., Rhett refers to her as captain throughout the Clone Wars. Because that was and, her rank. And throughout Rebels as well, when they find Rhett's again, mm-hmm. he still refers to her as captain because he's, as he said, old habits die hard. Well, how, how, what's his name? The droid's name? The one that Huang? Huang. Huang. Yeah. He even calls her Lady the whole time. Lady Tano. Which is, yeah, which is addressing her like as if she was a Jedi Knight. He's addressing so, her as uh not as a Jedi Knight, but as a almost like royalty, almost because I mean, even though she was never she was born on a farm. That's what I'm saying. The title Lady goes with it, like Lady Lord, Master, that kind of stuff goes. I mean, with if the, we want to get technical well, with it, they also referred to as uh, uh Leia. As Lady Organa, it's it's yeah, a, mark- she had a she had a royal rank. Well, yeah, so, she, I mean, technically, yeah, yeah. When Huang Huang knows that she was not a knight, he knows that she left the order. For him to refer to her as Lady, that is as close to a honorific and a he's given her respect for who he knows that That's she was and, and what and who she is now. Yeah. You know, he's he's given her respect by doing that. And he may very well be a, a droid, but he also may very well be sensitive to the force. Ah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's, 
I mean, when you're around the Jedi, we're talking centuries, centuries he's been around. We're talking this motherfucker. He knows the history of uh, Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah. So he's going to, I mean, I'm sure Obi-Wan and Anakin weren't the only individuals they could see beyond the simplicity of you're either in the order or you're not. There's more well, to Hu it. Yang understands. He he actually did get reprogrammed to be a pilot droid. Even mm-hmm. though, but they never took away his, his history memory. and his memory of being a historian for the Jedi and the um what he was. They never took that from him. So that's really cool. Yeah. So quickly, uh EJ, you 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 said that Obi-Wan and Anakin couldn't have been the only one to, to see past you're either in the order or you're not. Obi-Wan was very much so you're either in the order or you're not. Now, that doesn't mean that he cut all ties with you, but there are a lot of Jedi that left the order and they they kept ties with them. Um, in uh, Kenobi, the series, one of the names that was uh, written on the wall is um, oh, it's escaping me. Uh, Jordan something. It's Kanan. Be- not Kanan. Um, not Kanan. And it's um, Aldous something like that. Yes. So during, even before the Clone Wars, even before the Phantom Menace, he had left the Jedi Order. Well, he didn't leave the Jedi Order. With the blessing of the Jedi Council, he created a splinter sect that still worked with the Jedi. They actually did missions during the Clone Wars with the Jedi Council, but they were under called, the table. They were called Aldinians or something like that. But yep. they preached. They they had it wasn't just one master and one apprentice. One one master could have several apprentices, and they had family. Yep, that's actually where Luke in the EU Luke gets the idea from them because he meets this guy, and he creates the new Jedi Order with that in mind, yep. and not with. I mean, he had a wife and children in the other in the EU. In the EU, that we will not go into. You know that whole not forming attachments and all that stuff. That kind of went by the wayside. So there were plenty of others, even during the within canon, because they just said, "Oh boy, survived." I was very geeking out about that shit. But um, there's still some that that don't see that you're either in the order or you're out the order. But there's a distinction with Ahsoka, like Jeff has said. Ahsoka doesn't refer to herself as a Jedi. She does not correct many people. There are sometimes she'll say former, but she doesn't really correct people when they say, well, Jedi. She'll give them a side eye or like she does Hera all the yeah. time. But more often than not, she just doesn't address it. She just goes on about a business mm-hmm. because to her, it doesn't. she doesn't care what other people refer to it. She knows who she is. Exactly. And, and that's the key to this entire series. Is that she is willing to do what it takes to do what it needs to be done, yeah. whether it's right 
or wrong doesn't matter. She will do it because it is what she thinks is right. So let's hit this last Easter egg, shall we? Hold on one 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 quick second before you hit that, and I'm I'm gonna keep it brief. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep it real brief, ladies and gentlemen. We are gonna get some <laughs> fucking bomb ass knowledge dropped so, by Mace Windu's cousin Rob now. So that motherfucker wishes he was me. But uh, <laughs> so one of the things that I, I absolutely love was the dialogue between Sabine and Huang when she got up and they were like, oh, you're you're fixed and all this stuff. And he was talking about how she was like, well, uh, Sabine kind of tried to throw it back on um, Ahsoka Ahsoka that, well, if she wouldn't left me from training and he pretty much told her that's a sorry ass excuse. He was like, you could have kept on training and all this stuff. But then, you know, he kind of went into and this is where I'm like, okay. She they're trying to say she is force sensitive, but they're not trying to make her into a Jedi, yeah, yeah. A ray force sensitive yeah. because he kind of he kind of took a dig at her. He yeah. said, Your level of force ability, not like Ezra. yeah. No, he said it ranks. He goes, I've seen plenty of Jedi that have come through Padawans training, and yours is far below any of them. Yeah. So, what he's basically saying is is you might have a smidgen of force yeah. sensitivity. He, he said something like you've and never been. She as, wouldn't uh, be the first Mandalorian to be force world. sensitive. No, she wouldn't. Now, of course, there's only been one that has really been that, and that was, you know, the guy who made the Darksaber. Yes. But uh, well, the Darksaber was made for him by correct. the Jedi. Correct. So, but. Since then, she would be that, but he made a key point, and this is for everybody, and I think that Felonius, which I may forgive him for a lot of stuff because he did this, um, it's kind of saying you have a minimal force ability, because the way Huang made it is you your shit is just a trickle, like water triple sprinkle shit. Because he said you were far below even the lowest that I've dealt with back in the Jedi Order. He's saying that you may have a, a midichlorian in you. Uh, one. And that motherfucker is working overtime. Uh, so, you know, they kind he kind of hinted at that. And I, and I appreciate that, too. That's Felonius's way of saying she does have some force sensitivity. So it's not far off for her to be an apprentice. Yeah. So yeah. I want to stop all this right now. Yes, let's if go. we want to hit go. this last Easter egg because let's I go. do not want to go over two hours. Okay. And we can always pick up next Monday yeah. with some of this as well because we only co- we're only covering one episode. Okay. So yeah. on, on Corellia, as we see this last key piece to the ship that is being built to get the bad guys to the outer reaches to possibly find Thrawn. There, we run into an Inquisitor, now mercenary, named Maroc. He returns and has a battle with... Uh, he's there. And he stays behind. Well, he's not staying behind, really. He's kind of like hanging out, waiting for Ahsoka to get to him so they can fight. And... Um, 
he's also with a uh, assassin droid. Of course, Ahsoka makes quick work of the droid, and she has a really good battle with Maroc. And I know there's been rumors saying he is Ezra. I think that one's kind of been put to rest. Yep. And um, so let's, I don't want to dwell on that one. Let's just call that one a goose egg. It is not Ezra. Um, I don't, I don't really think Ezra would lean to the dark side, given what he sacrificed for the light side. Um. But it, it is a really good battle, and you can tell this guy has a lot of skill with a lightsaber. And but he didn't really come off as really being a heavily force sensitive. But maybe it's just because that that wasn't what they were going for in this battle. Um, but I would like to point out where is my notes? I know I put it in here. And this is what's going to irritate me because I don't see it all of a sudden. But thankfully, I remember. And help me with some names here, Rob, because I may get them confused. Okay. Um, so, Maroc is very similar to another name that we know of in the EU of Merrick. Merrick is the name of two Jedi Knights. A married couple of Jedi Knights who had a child who I believe his name is Galen. Galen Merrick. Galen Merrick is the name of an apprentice taken to the dark side by one Lord Vader. And was since he was not allowed to have an apprentice, he was given a nickname. Once he become of age and was complete with his training, named Starkiller. So could we be seeing a play on words and that Merrick or Maroc is the is Merrick, aka Starkiller, plucked from the darkness into Disney, and that we are actually seeing Galen. AKA Starkiller right now as an inquisitor slash mercenary. Rob, your thoughts. My thoughts are at first, uh, the first time I saw him and I saw his name when they said Merrick and I said, mm -mm, Nope. Stop. No, don't yeah. do it. And then the more I, when I watched the fight now watching the fight, if it was truly Starkiller as we know Starkiller... He'd be dual-wielding. One, he would probably be dual-wielding, but he would have also put a much better fight to Ahsoka than he did, right? So I think yes. that I think that it is a throwback, an Easter egg, and a call to Starkiller. He may come out to be Galen Merrick, Mark, uh, you know... It's an allusion to Star Killer. I don't think that he's actually Star Killer, but yeah, uh, say that again. That wouldn't fit. That wouldn't fit the timeline. It would. To... Uh, it, it could. well, actually, it could, but technically, Vader's gone. 
Well, also, but, Vader technically killed him because uh, Sidious found out that he had an apprentice. He apprentice. after Vader. Correct. And, but that's, uh, again, I don't think... I, I don't think that it's him, actually him. I think that this is a homage. This is an acknowledgement of Merrick, Galen, and a, a big Easter egg for all of us geeks that are going. This oh. is the, the first Easter egg we've gotten of Starkiller, because, I mean, we also had Starkiller base yes. in Andor. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, we've gotten a lot of references to Starkiller, but I thought this one was, if that's what they're alluding to, I thought it was like the, probably the coolest reference we've gotten yeah, to what is essentially great. just a, a fantastic character who I believe was wasted yes. never getting to be on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. Or even the small screen in a TV series. And I think if Disney was smart... They would give us a couple of more of these uh, animated series based off of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing, EJ. Uh, you did say it wouldn't match up. And Jeff, you said, hey, he was killed and all this stuff. But again, that's EU. That is legends. Some of it might be real and some of it might be fake. And so he could be, they could say that he is D. Galen Merrick. However, he was one. never killed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he didn't grow to be as powerful as he was. Yeah, in because the, I mean in the game. If it's the star killer that we know, he stop a whole star destroyer. I mean, yes. we're, oh, he'll do more than that. He'll implode. With, uh, <laughs> so good yeah. Yeah. The dude, dude didn't fuck around. He would destroy planets. Like yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe I mean, this is a watered down and people. People will hate that. They will. Maybe he's a clone of Galen. He could be a clone of Galen. We know clones don't have, they don't have that ability to carry. Well, unless you're, actually, I take that back because they figured that mm -hmm. out too because Sidious has tons of clones. Yeah. I mean, his son produced offspring. Well, his clone <coughs> offspring produced a baby and who it, gave us Ray. And in the EU, there is a clone who got with a Jedi general, and uh, they had a kid. And he is Force-sensitive and yeah. all that stuff. But that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But mm -hmm. I do believe that this could be Galen Mark, a stripped-down version, and people yeah. will hate that he's stripped down, and they won't appreciate yeah, That won't go good. God, I can't believe I'm saying this shit, because I'll be like, Ha-ha! <clears throat> Felonius is fucked as all, but they won't appreciate just the sheer awesomeness that they brought him into this series. And that's what I'm getting at right now is I want it so bad to be Galen, even if it's a stripped-down version, or yes. maybe they found him lying for death after you know, Sidious is like, Vader, dude, why you got a fucking apprentice? Kill this son, bitch. Improve your loyalty to me. And Vader does kill him. Because, I mean, Galen has already been trying to get Vader to kill Sidious. Yep. Because, to be honest, Starkiller wanted to kill Vader. They all wanted to. And, and that's why they called him an Inquisitor and all that stuff instead of apprentices. They were yes. Inquisitors. 
they were all this and this. In the EU, they were um, the the emperor's hands, yes, the emperor's eyes, and the the emperor's uh, voice. So, all that you stuff. know, with with that being said, we don't know yet. Hopefully we get some more info on who this Maroc mercenary is in episode three, maybe four. Who knows? I mean, we're getting eight episodes. Watered down version. That and I just just give us that. Give us that little taste. Give us something. I mean, we're running out. We're running out of opportunity to talk about it. But I would have definitely liked to hear your guys' take on why it's not Ezra. We we actually have I got three minutes before I'm going to spew into the outro and stuff, but I don't believe it's Ezra because of the sacrifice that Ezra made. A he he made the sacrifice for the good of the Force. B he did it for the love he had for Sabine. So for unless something happened while he was at the end of Rebels that we don't know of yet. There would have been no reason for him to become a dark side, to go to the dark side, even if he felt like he was abandoned for a decade or or less. We don't really know. There's some time things going on here that's really confusing. Yeah. That, so I mean, we don't know, and and but I just don't, I can't see it being him. From what you see from Rebels, for him to go to the dark side would have to... Something drastic would have had... Did, now, was he stuck on the ship with Grand Admiral Thrawn? And Grand Admiral Thrawn got in his ears like, nobody's coming for you. I'm here with you. <laughs> we don't know. I mean... Yeah. Who, who's the same? Like, is it completely ruled out as a possibility? I, it's not completely... I don't want to say it's completely ruled out, but I think that's kind of like it would defeat the purpose of the series, in my opinion. Here's why I don't think that it's it's Ezra. <clears throat> At the end of Rebels, uh, they they got jacked up and they hit a warp drive, right? And nobody knew where it went. There is some, you know, speculation that that the ship just kind of went. Foo, and it was gone. I think actually that they've been stranded because if you notice when they did the map thing and it showed that it was going out, it showed that it was going out outside of the galaxy. Yep. So which means they could be stuck in a warp drive. So they could they are outside of the galaxy, which the galaxy is huge as fuck, but they're outside of the galaxy. And they are creating the reason why they needed those huge ass engines is the eye uh, eye of Scion, which is going to be it's a huge gateway ship that they're doing and they're building so that they can go and I'm glad you brought that up because I failed to mention the name of the and ship. go past outside of the galaxy because remember intergalactic travel is not something that happens within Star Wars. Everything that we know, even the Chiss, which Thrawn comes from, is inside the galaxy, but it's in a remote part. Every part of Star Wars happens in that galaxy far, far away. It's not, well, this galaxy and this galaxy and these planets are a part of another galaxy. 
Thrawn is actually stuck in another galaxy, and I believe Ezra is still stuck with him. Now, I mean, however yeah. fucked up Ezra is on the outside of that, we have no clue. Correct. And we've just kind of been in limbo with it. But let's let's leave it there. We can always pick this back up on Monday, depending on what we get on episode three. I got a feeling we're going to get some juicy bits. Oh and I got a feeling this series is going to get better by each episode. I don't think they're going to just leave us hanging at all. The more gaps that get filled, I think the more we'll, we'll be able to and, see and the picture. You can kind of tell they're filling those gaps with the first two episodes that we've currently got. Because I always wondered what happened to Mor- Morgan. And now we know where she went. Yep. Well, I mean, we did see her get dropped off on home one, but now we know why they wanted her and why she was such a high value target for them. So I think we've covered our final shots and thoughts with what we just mm-hmm. discussed. Oh yeah. absolutely. So first off, I want to say thank you to Rob. I know yes, it was kind of last you, minute, Good to have you. but I do appreciate you. I do appreciate the mind you have for Star Wars and the fact that you dig in and you know this shit better than I do because I'm a rookie when it comes to this, even though I've seen everything. But you know the books a lot better than I do. And I'm not going to lie to you. I read the uh, cliff notes of the books. <laughs> and I'm still in the middle of reading the cliff notes. You're a Wikipedia jockey. Bro, it's bookmarked. Hey, look. It's, My it's history looks be... like Wikipedia and Alienpedia. There, there is so much that goes into this that it, it's it, it, you you need Wikipedia uh, to keep yourself in check. In which uh old girl is um Maul's mother, her his actual mother. So, yeah. Um, Let's hope that was a cesarean. Clones be hoes. Sorry I missed these, Jen. Clones be hoes. (laughs) She said I'm about to catch these in for his ass. I love it. Jen, you're (laughs) awesome. Don't stop. Don't don't stop being Jen. Thank you guys for having me on the show. So, I would like to point out to everybody, I'm a very generous person. And this is what I'm going to do for y'all. This episode is going to get downloaded tonight by me. Not this Tuesday, because tomorrow I'm dropping USDN episode two, I think it is, on Spotify and all your very happy podcast channels, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, wherever you may get your podcast from. USDN is going to be live tomorrow afternoon around 5 o'clock. 5.30 at the latest. Um, so this episode is going to get uploaded next Tuesday for y'all. I, I literally, I'm going to have content for y'all every Tuesday for possibly the next three months. So don't say USDN isn't for the people. Because I am giving you, so Patreon users are getting it first. Everybody else is getting it a week later. So I am a a very given and gracious host. There we go. And I mean, honestly, USDN it for us is our passion and it's our love. And Rob, you're one of those guys who contribute and give to USDN almost on a 
damn near daily basis. <laughs> as well as the smoke pit. If you ain't seen his shit on the smoke pit, you seen that other side of Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't that PG thirteen Rob. Rob. I post any kind of uh, uh, question or um, verses or anything on USDN. Rob's one of my go tos. Is hey, drop me your opinion on why. And it's Dude, Rob's a sound there. Opinion Doesn't matter what it is. In, you know, source material. And um, even if we don't agree, we both know that we love the material. And uh, I always appreciate your, your viewpoint, Rob. Thank you very much. No worries. No worries. So, some, some word to the peeps. When you're listening to this next Tuesday, understand that we will already be into episode three of Ahsoka. And you will be getting it the following Tuesday after that. So, I mean, we're, we literally have content coming for everybody every Monday until October 2nd. You will get a show every Monday. Then we're going to do a big, and I'm talking big. You know how we do route parties? We do them fucking big on October the 11th. Rob's going to be here for that, I hope. I'm hoping. And we're going to have hopefully the regular casting crew. Of USDN for that one. But every Monday. From now until October 2nd. You can. Tap in here on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month. And. When you tap in. This will be on there. As well as. The patio with Kim. The smoke pit. No gimmicks. Burrow breads. We got something for everybody over here at DFPN. Uh, so next up, I want to send a big thank you out to DFPN and more specifically Kelvin, who walked my dumb ass through how to set this up for Patreon earlier. Because <laughs> I'm still learning. Uh, it, it's literally a growing and a learning process every day. And I can't I can't say thank you enough to those guys over there, to Willie and, and to... Kelvin. Love them like brothers, man. Um, so with that, please remember to hit that like and subscribe button to stay informed. Also think it will hit YouTube as well, if I ain't mistaken. I'm not sure. Whatever Transistor uploads to, it you'll get it. And so with that, I want to say this. This episode of USDM1, or USDM Presents, Ahsoka Episode 1 and Two breakdown by myself, EJ, and Mace Windu's much more handsome cousin, Rob. <laughs> With that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Good night. God bless and much love. Peace. We are out of here. Man. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>